change is not growth, as all movement is not forward. Ellen Glasgow World War Z and welcome back to Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. I'm Zach, and with me today is Anton Moss. Um, we, we've gone to school together, uh, you We were in Romeo and Juliet together. Uh, I was his dad in the show. Uh, but go ahead and introduce yourself, Anton. Hi, yeah. Um, uh, like Zach said, I am Anton Moss. I am a uh, student of theater at UVU, as well as a stage technician at the Hale Center Theater in Sandy. Uh, I've grown up... Uh, watching movies as my dad got a minor degree in uh, film and so I'm just happy to be on the show and talk movies yeah um so we're we're reviewing World War Z today uh, the movie so what's your what's sort of your um I guess knowledge of of zombies or of World War Z in general um, is I, I know you mentioned to me that you liked World War Z uh, is it like your favorite zombie movie? Like, what's what's your take on that? Yeah, um, so I am a major fan of horror movies. Um, I, I I've grown up uh, watching them and and have recently developed a big fascination for them. So by proxy, I'm familiar with zombie media. Uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Reanimator, um, yeah. all of all of the fun things there. I actually before. Uh, you know, we recently had a conversation about what we could talk about in regard to this uh, podcast. I, I wasn't super familiar with World War Z, uh, but but I, I had recently watched it before we had talked, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, the marketing for the movie kind of just sold it as kind of, and and my my opinion might be you know, a little biased here, but the marketing for what I'd seen for the movie made it seem like it would be something similar to like Tom Cruise's mummy movie, which was not good. Um, so I, so I kind of kept my distance for a little while, but then I was really pleasantly surprised when I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, just, just, so I watched it before when I was, I don't know, in junior high school. Um, I was watching it in the theater with my friends and I remember like they scared me during the movie, during a tense moment, and that's basically all I remember, and a few big moments in the movie, but then I watched it again, and after watching it, after experiencing COVID, I realized so many parallels to, I don't know, like, ten, nine years before this, when this movie came out, to what was happening in COVID, because we get, like, the sequence of the different news things happening, and there's people saying that, like, it's a hoax. There's people uh, freaking out all over the world, and it, it was just so many parallels that I saw um, ten years prior to an actual pandemic breaking out in our world. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, especially because at the time of this recording, there there's been you know new mask mandates put into place, and it's the the warning signs of us going back into another shutdown. Like it was fascinating how close to home this movie hit. Um, especially, I mean, I mean, the fact that, you know, a major plot point is Brad Pitt trying to get to, uh, an HWO outpost is, was just, I don't know, it was fascinating to see. Um, and, and especially as it was building towards the climax, the fact that like 
you know, the zombies wouldn't go after people who were injured or, or anything like that. And so the, the literal, you know, point of the movie was to make a vaccine was, I mean, it was good. It was good. It was interesting uh, to compare it to, to today's both the good and the bad. Well, Brad Pitt's character is such a stark difference to um, what people usually do and have done in a pandemic situation. Like, for example, like he was he was willing to risk his life so that he could get this vaccine, and as well as when he thought like he was going to turn, he was like willing to just jump off the building if he turned. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to protect his family. And I I just thought it was such a stark difference of how like heroic this character was. Um, and wanting to help people. And, you know, I, I would venture to say that most people wouldn't just inject themselves with a, with a virus, um, to, to get out of that situation that he was in at the end. Um, and, but he did, and his theory was correct. Um, and so I, I can only, I can just imagine the people, like when the, when the vaccine comes out and they're like, I'm not, I'm not putting this in my body. And then they get eaten by, by zombies because, uh, they didn't take the vaccine. So it's just, it, just the parallels were, were really interesting to watch after going through something similar, uh, not the same, but similar. Uh, no, you, you brought up a really like fascinating point in terms of, uh, like how people would react in like the apocalypse situation. Cause I mean, I, I mean, I feel like this is a discussion that has had frequently, you know, the what if scenarios of, yeah. you know, what would, what would you do with the zombie apocalypse? And, and that, that question was always so daunting to me because, you know, I, I, I imagine the zombie apocalypse as like, you know, it's the walking dead. Everything's gone except for pockets of humanity. Is it even worth, you know, surviving in order to, you know, rebuild society types of questions. But, but it was fascinating that like, even though there were still, you know, some high tension, moments in the movie you know the reality of an apocalypse could also be arguably a little bit mundane um Mm -hmm. and and so so i like you bringing bringing up you know how brad pitt's character you know was interacting in terms of being the hero of the story i mean you know the way the story picks up we're literally kind of just dropped into his perspective and And I feel like that makes it so much more effective in that regard. And and it does kind of set an example for today in terms of the pandemic we're living in, which is arguably its own apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, I loved how great of a character he was. Um, it was. It was the classic, like, hero's tale of a call to action and not wanting to do it. And, and oh, and speaking of that, like, how the general was like, hey... Um, if you're not essential here, um, then we can't have you here. Like, we have to kick you out. And when he said non-essential, I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) That's a familiar term. I know, because it's, it's so, just, it's so accurate. Because, like, people were literally told at the beginning of the pandemic, you're either essential, you're either an essential worker, or you're a non-essential worker. And, uh, non-essential workers... Um, can't really do anything right now, but essential workers need to do more than what they were doing before. And I just, it was, it was uncanny. The, and then, and then when they found out he died, they still kicked out his family. That was the part, like, I, I was so mad at that part. It was, I'm like, okay, so he, he went and died for this, for you making him go out there. And now you're just kicking out his family. Like your husband dies and now you don't have a home. Yeah, it was 
absolutely brutal. And and again, that that goes back to like like an allegory for for COVID in terms of people because like personally, I was laid off right when the uh, right when the pandemic hit. I was currently at the time working a, uh, a a job as a hotel front desk person, and and I was laid off and. And I had to move back home, and I'm still living at home right now, mostly out of choice now. But for for a little while, it kind of sucked to to feel like I was being moved around by no choice of my own, but by the circumstances around me. So again, I feel like that again is something that resonates. It was such a frustrating moment in the movie itself. But you know, there was the duality of hey, this is a really well written plot point, and then also wow, this is a very familiar feeling, and I don't know if I like it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's it's really cool to watch um having that perspective. Um I I sort of liked how the how realistic this this was, this virus was, cuz they just said it was like a rabies strain, right? And and humans can get rabies, but if a rabies strain got to the point where it was it was so quickly transmitted to another host, um I thought that I thought I think it's a really cool take on a zombie virus as well as the the transformations from human to zombie are absolutely terrifying. Probably the most terrifying I've ever seen. I, I love I love the use of like the practical effects used for for the zombies. I, I will always you know, again as a horror movie fan, I will always <laughs> herald practical effects over uh, CGI, but but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love I love that it was so believable, especially because I recently uh, was uh, watching Night of the Living Dead, which, you know, is arguably the the, the first ever zombie film, and, mm-hmm. and it was the funniest thing, because everybody talks about how, you know, important this movie is, and it even had commentary on, like, race at the time, and, but, like, when I was watching it, the, the cause of the zombie outbreak was, like, bacteria on a meteorite that crash landed on Earth, and uh-huh. it's so funny to me that that was, like, the first ever zombie movie. And yet that didn't stick around as, like, the reason people become zombies. Probably for the best, but... Yeah. And I... I don't... I'm not sure about all of the lore of zombies, but I th- I think the most early lore that I know of, of zombies, is, like, a magical spell bringing... Like, a necromantic spell bringing someone back from the dead. Yeah, that had, like, roots in voodoo. Or, or the, you know, the public view of voodoo which is very different from actual practice yeah and so it's it's interesting like i i just love the different ideas that people have of of the different zombie viruses and and alongside that i i really love the the different interpretations of what a zombie is like as well because one of the big notable things in this movie that you know when compared to like the walking dead is the fact that these zombies run and they like Run. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah, which yeah. It's like it's so <laughs> fascinating how that like gives it a new level of of like terror because because oh yeah because you, you know it's the it's the joke of like oh man you just need to like speed walk during the zombie apocalypse and you'll be fine. Um, but but the way and it, it was just like chilling that like oh and and the way that the zombies had no disregard for like themselves. When like I, I'm thinking of the one shot where where they like are they run into like the corner they have to turn the corner but they run into the wall and they're like falling on each other in like this tidal wave of of bodies was 
absolutely frightening in every oh, yeah. way. Well, like, and even the fact that they were, when they were in Israel, uh, and they were just crawling on each other, like ants, yeah. like ants will crawl on each other to like climb up walls. And it's, it's like they, they literally were not like, they were still alive, but they literally were not human anymore. Yeah. They were just, they were just trying to spread this virus. They were hosts to spread the virus. And yeah, it's, it's a really cool take on zombies, I think. Um, I have a question for you. So at what point do you think in an apocalyptic situation, is it like okay to break the rules or commit crimes? Because I'm, I'm specifically thinking of um, like when they're in the, when they're getting supplies from the store and already people have guns and they're ready to like kill people for stuff. Right. And it hasn't even, it hasn't even been like a few hours yet. Um, and, and then, uh, they get into a fight. Brad Pitt's character kills a guy in front of a cop, and he thinks the cop's going to arrest him. But the cop is ransacking too. Yep. And so I, I want I want your take on on like, you know, how quickly do you think people nowadays, like in our world, would would transition from laws don't matter anymore? That... Uh, from from laws matter to laws don't matter. Sure, 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 sure. No, that's an absolutely fascinating question, um, and. I mean, especially because, you know, the the one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection was, is, you know, a, a hot topic that's being kind of discussed right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit fascinating, and it might, it might just be kind of my, you know, my young 20s anarchical mindset of, you know, <laughs> I, I'm independent, everything is fine, I don't need the government, but... But I think I think in in the event of uh, of an apocalypse, I think at least for me personally, the point that I would start, you know, going out on my own and 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 foregoing rules and laws is is when it is clear that like the higher powers of our institutions, whether it be religion or government or whatever, aren't able to help. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's that idea of like, of, of personal independence that if only I can take care of myself, then I will take care of myself by whatever means necessary. So, uh, I'm not sure how long that would take in terms of like a timeline thing, whether it would be only a few hours or I don't know, maybe I'd hang on for like a week, but, but I think it would boil down to that, that idea of. I need to take care of myself and the people that I care about, and I will do that. Yeah, and I guess you could kind of parallel that with, like, the toilet paper fiasco at the beginning of the pandemic, where... Oh, yeah. Where people, like, people, so many people were getting toilet paper because they were stocking up, and then because of that, more people were like, well, I need toilet paper, and so they were stocking up and to the point where we didn't have toilet paper anymore. <laughs> right. Um, and... Uh, I, I feel like the world governments are still intact and yet people are still like, well, world's go-. like people, I feel like people tend to jump the gun on the state of the world. Um, and I, I do it too. Like, uh, speaking of the insurrection, um, you know, growing up, I thought like, oh, if people run up on the Capitol and if people overtake the Capitol building, then we're changing governments. Like, that's it, you know? But like, oh yeah. It's 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 the guy Fox, uh, you know the the overthrowing of the monarchy, anarchy type deal. Yeah, exactly. And I 
I literally had the thought, I was like, we're, we're going to have Emperor Trump now. Like, I literally had that thought of like, well, <sighs> you know, um, <laughs> here we go. And, and, Bring on the but, and obviously that didn't happen. Like we were able to keep, um, keep, you know, democracy safe. Um, at least the, the amount of democracy that we have, but like, I, but people tend to go down this rabbit hole when things are going to <sighs> of, oh, the world's ending. I better just, you know, it doesn't matter anymore when, if people wait and if people just like, um, chill, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and that also brings me to my next point of, of how, um, Brad Pitt's character says that movement is life. Yes. And, and that, I thought that was so interesting because I, I agree with it, but I also disagree with it because in the terms of our pandemic, movement was not life. Like we were, we were told constantly to stay in our house and don't go outside. You don't need to work. We'll give you some money to get by. Like moving, moving was death in our world and in our pandemic. And right. so I just thought it was, I thought that was an interesting take on how to survive. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I would, I would agree. And, and I mean, there's like this, this more introspective view that you can put into, I've been going to therapy lately. So I, a lot of, a lot of conflict, I look through the lens of like my own personal growth as an individual, but it stands there as well. Like you said, there are instances where, you know, moving forward, finding new paths, always, you know, pushing ahead, no matter what obstacles are there is really good. But exactly like you said, just as importantly is the virtue of like patience is biding your time, assessing the situation, you know, genuinely stopping to consider, you know, the outcome at large. And I think the difficulty then lies in being able to tell when each is appropriate. I think that's it is like, I guess you just sort of have to counteract what is going on. Um, Cause if, if you're running from zombies um, like obviously if you stay where you are, Move. you're, yeah. you're not, going. you're going to die. But if you're, if you're, if you're always moving from them, then you're going to, you're going to hopefully stay alive. Your chances are better at staying alive, but I, I guess it just depends on what's going on. But I just thought that was fascinating because it was the complete opposite of what we were told to do. I think that kind of a, a good line from the movie that, that applies to this is, is the, the line, uh, if you can fight, fight. Because, I mean, you know, in the realm of, like, a zombie movie, that stands as, you know, a very literal sense of, you know, fight back against the living dead. But mm -hmm. but I like the idea of, of, you know, fighting could take various different meanings. Like, for example, in our current situation right now, fighting is listening to any mandates, wearing a mask, getting vaccinated, getting boosted, you know, social distancing when needed. Um, and that's its own form of fight. And, and so, so I think it's fascinating in terms of, you know, there's, you know, the movement is life. If you can fight, fight. Um, and, and the kind of parallels seen between those in their differing intents in their statements. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how smart he is that he like was already protecting his yes. arms? Like how... Because you never see that in any other zombie no. anything. 
No, like that's always like a question in the back of my mind. Like there's the moment in Shaun of the Dead when you know he, he they break the window and so Simon Pegg has to lead the horde of zombies away and he runs into the middle of them and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you are so like all it would take is just like one guy to just you know just to reach out and just nip your like pinky and you're done. So yeah. So, like, exactly. It's not something you see in zombie media in terms of, you know, that awareness to just build that kind of protection. So, yes, thank you. I'm so glad well, you I, that. Well, I remember I was a teenager and I was thinking, I was like, just get duct tape. Like, I was watching The Walking Dead, I think, and I'm like, bro, just find some duct tape, wrap your arms up really good, wrap your legs up really good, and it's going to stop a lot of bites from happening to you, you know? And yeah, I Oh, I, I just really appreciated that. Yeah, no, teenage teenage you is very smart in that whatever I think of the zombie apocalypse, I'm like, what weapon would I have that could keep me the furthest away? Uh-huh. Yeah. But I just thought that was that was really interesting. Um what are your thoughts on Mother Nature being a serial killer? Because that doctor mentioned that and I think it's an interesting conversation. Do you do you think like, pandemics happen for a reason, or do you think that uh, it's just a fluke when pandemics happen? I really like this question. We need to have more conversations like this in general, but... Um, <laughs> or do you th- or do you think it's God causing the pandemic? There's, a, okay, well, there's another twist on that. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally everything happens for a reason, especially in regard to nature. For the most part, I feel like sickness is is something that is wrought out of, you know, circumstance for the situation. In Europe, they had the Black Death. Uh, you know, here we had the Spanish flu. Um, mm. and, and it's wrought out of, you know, whether it be sanitary conditions or whatever, humans ultimately are the ones who cause illnesses because we are either ingesting something we shouldn't or creating situations where things are bad. We're the we're the the round find out species. Oh we exactly are, yeah. (laughs) But 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 in that regard, the sickness, even if it was like, you know, made by situations of humanity, is inherently a natural thing and the way that it, Mm -hmm. you know, passes uh, to people is also natural and so Uh it's it's almost similar to like like the consequences of that sickness will be natural as well if if humanity is meant to you know get stronger they will we have you know so many diseases that now aren't a problem anymore because we have been able to build up immunities whether it be medication or otherwise so in that regard, mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say it is it is a little bit more of a natural thing, and I think Mother Nature is just a little bit of a serial killer. But then again, Mother Nature invented bears and told me that I'm not allowed to hug them, so <laughs> I don't trust her in general. <laughs> um, yeah, Mother Nature also um, created mosquitoes, so there's also that. Yeah, I got um, a bone to pick there. Uh, but I I just thought of, I just I really love that line because. I've thought about how, let's say, let's say like the earth is a body and mother nature is, is that body, right? Sure. And when, whenever we have, um, excess of something in our body, our body tries to destroy it. Or whenever we have a harmful thing on our body, our body or or in our body, our body actively tries to destroy it. 
like cancer or any sickness or disease. Right. And I was thinking, I was like, what if we are a sickness to Mother Nature because of like pollution, because of because of um, global warming, like deforestation, yeah, like yeah. like what if we we are the sickness to Mother Nature and Mother like we're we're a cancer and Mother Nature is trying to fight us off, like that's what that made me think of and I thought and and you know what if what if cells think that we are a serial killer if they could be sentient and have thoughts oh, um but yeah yeah it's it's really fascinating and interesting i want to talk about like the different countries reactions to this yeah and and because we definitely saw that in our universe of the different countries reacting to this and or if they could react to it um and because okay first of all i need to mention how funny it is that Israel was the safest country because they read their damn email. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, did someone, did someone in the production forget to read their email? Did someone forget so, to read an important email that so the, the writer sent out? the writer was just super passive aggressive. And was like, read your emails if you want to live, you know? It's just, I, I just thought that was hilarious that it was sent out in an email. I love that. And, but, but, you know, uh, and every country had their different takes on how to combat this. Um, like, for example, in, in our world, um, Australia kicked COVID's ass because oh, yeah. they, they listened to, um, the experts and they listened to instructions that their, uh, that their CDC was giving them. And, and then they, they kicked its ass and they were able to like go out maskless, maskless, uh, I can't speak English, uh, maskless. And like, they were able to get back to normal life. Whereas we were still fighting yeah, this we were pandemic, still, like, peaking at that point. Yeah, yeah, and and you know Israel read their email first and got it under control, and they they said first to know, first to act. Uh, that's what the leader said. He said first to know, first to act. Um, which I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's. I mean, because because China knew, and so they acted first, but they also. Um, got a pretty big hit on them because they were the first to get hurt with it. Sure. And I, I think, I think it's, I think it's the first to learn is the first to act. Cause I if you don't know like what it that. is, if you, if you don't know what it is, well, if you, if like, you know, what's happening, but you don't know what it is, then how can you act? But if you learn about it, then you can act on it. Yeah. You know? Which, which is arguably exactly what Australia and New Zealand did because they, they, they immediately treated it with, like, you know, the weight that a respiratory virus of this nature would have. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, I, I remember specifically before, like, the major, you know, what was it, March 13th shutdown, um, I, I remember, like, conversations around, like, January and February with friends where we'd, like, make jokes about the coronavirus because it was going on in China. But, like, mm -hmm. nobody was treating it with, like, the weight that it, you know, deserved until it was too late and we were already in the middle of it. And then by then that's when the naysayers came out. And so yeah. I, I liked that first to learn it first to act. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, once you, once you aren't ignorant about it, then you can, you can act it because we were, we were all ignorant about it. Like none of us thought that shutdowns could actually happen. No. None of us thought that uh, we like, we thought we had to jump on every single disease known to man. Um, aside from like cancer and AIDS, right? uh, you know, but like those aren't, those aren't super duper contagious if at all, you know, 
And so it's, yeah, so I, I thought that line was interesting. And also, um, North Korea uh, got the jump on it in a little bit of a different way, um, where they they took out everyone's teeth in North Korea to stop the pandemic from happening there. Which was also something that I never thought about. Yeah, but I was I was thinking about it, and I was like, can you imagine, like, like, obviously you couldn't live if they did this, but it, when coronavirus came out, they're like, hey, give me your lungs. You can't have lungs anymore. Well, uh, <laughs> no, lungs, <for laughs> no lungs for you. But I, uh, first of all, I don't know if I would want to see a spinoff series of North Korea, World War Z. <laughs> Maybe not. But also, I kind of, I kind of do. It'd probably be way more gory, but I, yeah, I thought, like, just how the different governments handled it and how they, um, went about this virus was fascinating to me. Because, yeah. And, and it almost brings into, like, the, 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 the equation, the idea of, like, responsibility and accountability. Um, because as, as you know, these, these global superpowers, like, there's a duty to uphold awareness as well as, you know, execution and peace. And, and so I, I, I thought it was just utterly fascinating in terms of, like... You know which which countries, both in the movie and in real life, were willing to take responsibility, and which ones weren't. And that that sort of goes along with the Israeli leader was how he said, "Every human being we save is one less zombie we have to fight." And that's not everyone's that's not everyone's moral ground, like because because people people a lot of times they'll say, "Well, if they die, they die," you know. But at least we're safe, and it's like, yeah, but. He, he, the more the more that people die from this then like the more worse off we are going to be in the long like you know and and i agree with this philosophy and it doesn't even have to be with zombies it can be with anything like if enough people die it is going to cause our societies and our civilizations civilizations to not be strong and to not be the the same as we were you know if 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 the right amount of people die, you know. I, I completely agree. Real quick, I, I wanted to mention um, how when people started singing, that's when everything went... <sighs> like when people were celebrating the fact that they were safe. And then that's when... That's what made them not safe anymore. I just feel like that's so telling of like... Whenever you're comfortable or whenever like you are... Whenever a person is... Um, feel safe is the exact moment that they, they don't feel safe anymore because something else happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I personally stopped wearing my mask in public or at school or in general enough so that now that I have to wear it more, I'm kind of scrambling to find a mask. Yeah. And, and like, we all got comfortable because the vaccines got out and most of us got vaccinated. Um, but like, we all got super comfortable, and then, but, like, vaccines are, like, vaccines for viruses are, only last so long, um, because there's always new variants of viruses. It's sad that the moment you feel comfortable, things go to <laughs> again, because, like, I remember in 2020, like, life was so good, it was, like, the one time I can think of in, like, years that I didn't feel some sort of anxiety or depression, and, like, I just felt great, you know? 
And then that was the exact moment that, like, I got evicted from my apartment. And and so I was, like, I felt completely safe and secure. Like, nothing was going to harm me. And then something happened where that wasn't the case anymore. And I just feel like it always happens. I don't know if it's just, like, the universe correcting itself or what. But it's, yeah, it's interesting to to think about, like, when when we get comfortable, that's when we're not comfortable anymore yeah that's, that's when we that's when that's the world when we changes stop being careful yeah exactly yeah i think that's a good way to put it is we stop being careful and we stop being wary whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally um yeah i agree with that um okay last thing i want to talk about is the mass murdering of infected people um and what and what the you know because walking dead it's easily justified because they're already dead but in this they they aren't dead they're just killing a lot of people and you know um i mean we we do capital punishment on people that are serial killers um but is there a difference to that or are like is it okay to to kill people that are sick but they're just their minds are numb and they just they can't control just tearing people apart like what are your thoughts on that sure and 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 also that brings up like the the, the debate that, I mean, it's frequently brought up in my, in my family in terms of, uh, you know, being on like life support. And it's the question of, you know, how, how long are you willing to wait? How much are you willing to invest in the potential for a recovery with no guarantee? And is it better to arguably do the cold blooded thing or, or just leave it? And it's so complex. Um, so I, I don't know if there is a clear answer because that like, because yeah. that, because that entire like concept and sequence like was like really unnerving, but like, but it was difficult because I, I understood it at the same time. Like I, as a human being, the idea of actively harming other people who may not be able to help it or who may get better if, if, you know, you're able to eventually figure out how the idea of actively harming them is so repulsive to me, but at the same time, it's that question of greater good. And so I understood it. And, and that was frustrating to me because I was like, I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's just so hard to wrap your head around, honestly, just like about, you know, if people, if people are terminally ill or if they're just like vegetables and can't function, or if they are, if they are a person, but they're murdering other people, like what, what is the moral thing to do at that point? Do you kill them or do you let them live in the chance that they, they may kill again, you know? And, and I mean, um, a lot of superheroes sort of go through that same thing. Like Batman and Joker, like Batman refuses to kill Joker, but then Joker kills so many people you know, and it's, so it's like, and, and if they did find a cure, like, would, would these people come back the same? Would they remember everything they did? Would they remember being a zombie and would have to deal with the trauma of what they did as a sick person? Would it, you know, it, there's so many factors to take in. Like if they found a cure, like what would be the lasting effects on that person? Uh, well, um, I think we've talked a lot, but, uh, We'll leave you guys with a short musical interlude and we'll be back with a moral dilemma. See you soon.
And we are back. All right, Anton, here's your moral dilemma. I'm really sorry for this one. It's a hard answer. Oh, no. um, so speaking of essential workers or essential people. Okay. Um, so you have the choice to save one person out of two people. Um, whatever the circumstance, you don't have the ability to save both people at the same time. Um, would you save the doctor or the child first? Um, and if we're speaking in an apocalyptic situation, like the doctor is very useful and very essential. Whereas some people would argue that the child would be, um, a monkey on your back per se, or wouldn't be incredibly useful, but it's also a child hasn't really had the opportunity to prove themselves yet. Um, what would you do? Whew, okay, if that's anything. a very good question. I have a very... <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a bad habit of liking to, especially in moral quandaries like this, kind of, you know, tiptoe around and then like address both sides. So I think I need to just commit to one thing here. <laughs> okay. And you know, as as brutal as it is, I'm gonna have to go with the doctor, just because Damn. in in this specific instance, they have tools and knowledge and experience that i know for sure can benefit the now the child you know there it may be you know that apocalypse thing where the child secretly has you know the one gene that could cure everything and also you know yeah. it's a child but but at the same time again i i i think i would have to make the hard decisions and the doctor would be able to benefit something in the moment the child you know the child hasn't had too long to live maybe they still oh, have an no. ideal version <laughs> of the world so maybe they're going out maybe this is good for them what kind of a child wants to live in the zombie apocalypse anyway so you know i think okay. this is the best decision for all parties involved except for me i i'm definitely gonna have sleepless nights over this yeah that's so funny because that's like a. Have you seen The Walking Dead? Uh, I I've only seen the first couple seasons. Okay, well that's sort of a parallel of like with Sophia and Shane and Rick and yeah. and all that. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well. Um. Yeah, I think most people they tend to tiptoe around the answer and like give like a safe answer. But I appreciate that like you you answered. I'll kill the kid. What you would do? I'll kill the child. <laughs> Remember this. This is being recorded, yeah, just so you know. Forever, so <laughs> oh, I apologize man, to good. future employers and or my future partner or children. Yeah, not a lot of people listen to this anyway. Actually, December eighth was like my biggest day. Hey! I had like two hundred listens that day. Look at that. So, yeah, but. Uh, you're probably good. People are thinking the same thing, and don't pretend that you're not, because I brought the question up, so now you're thinking about it. So, checkmate. Um, checkmate, listeners. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for being on this episode, Anton. Of course. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, you brought some really interesting um, ideas and conversations to the table, so really appreciate that. All right, so... Um, same old, same old. If you guys will follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Feed Don't Eat Your Brain um, and Twitter at Zachy the Zombie. Our email is also Feed Don't Eat Your Brain at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us at Fortin Horseman on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, go ahead and leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends and family, uh, your enemies. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. So, thank you guys for listening to this episode. And this is the first episode of the new year. So, Happy New Year. 
um, I have some, some cool things planned for this year. So stay tuned and see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.